Welcome to The Dish, the culinary travel podcast focusing on the stories behind world-famous foods. We are your hosts, Tom and Megzi from foodfuntravel.com. Join us for tasty histories, destination food guides, and more. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Dish, and this is our 50th episode. I was going to say, it's not just any other episode of dish it is a very special episode so yes this is our 50th episode instead of our usual format we're uh, we're doing a little homage to uh, one of our favorite podcasts regarding some of our favorite foods ever i don't know if any of you guys know the off menu podcast i do you do i yeah. do if you don't know it you should go have a listen because it's very funny it's uh two comedians ed gamble and james acaster and yep. they Pretty much just interview comedians and celebrity people and rather amusing folk in general and ask them what their, you know, their best ever meal is. And it doesn't have to be like a meal that they've had somewhere. It's a magic meal that it can be anything you've eaten from any time or place in history or around the world. You're literally putting together a list of the best of the best that you've ever eaten. It's a dream menu. Rather yes. than an ideal meal. So it's like, create your own menu from all the best things that you've eaten around the world. Starters, main courses, desserts, drinks, etc. Mm-hmm. Put that all together into like the one perfect meal with this ideal menu. So yeah, so it's a pretty quirky British sort of comedy it podcast. Great. I love listening to it. But, so yeah. yeah, we thought it was such a good idea. We thought for our 50th episode, it would be so fun because quite often we sit here and we're like, what is, what would be our perfect, like our... Oh, dream meal. So, Tom and I went off to our own little corners. Private, independent. Yep, no cheating allowed. And we put together our own individual... Dream menus. Dream menus. Yes. So, this might get a bit ridiculous in this. I mean, I have gone a bit all out on coming up with some really cool stuff from uh, my history of food, from these uh, 95 countries we've been to and all these different things that we've eaten. So I racked my brains. I'm sure Meg has done the same. I know. And I would like to start off by apologizing to all of the food that I have forgotten. Because I know there's a lot of really good food out there. But I guess if I've forgotten it, then it can't have been the best. Like, it's if that- it's not memorable enough, then it's not the best, is it? But I bet there'd be like something that like you'd remind me of. And I'd be like, oh, I totally forgot about that. I loved that. Mm. But it's whatever, you know, has popped into the old brain noggin machine and it's yep. going to be spat out in this episode. That's it. It's got to be stuff that you love so much that you remember it well. Otherwise, exactly. it doesn't count. You can't make it on the dream menu without that. True. So, yes, let's get started with the dream menu. Now, the idea is with the, uh, the off-menu podcast is one of the guys, one of the comedians who runs the show, James Acaster, he's the genie waiter. And he can make any food appear from anywhere in the world, whether it's like your mother's bolognese that you used to have when you were six, or whether it's like the takeaway you had from the local curry house last week. Whatever your favorite thing is, he can just make it appear. No holes barred. So Magic. with that in mind, we're going to start off nice and easy. 
first of all, you know, imagine you're in the, the dream restaurant mm-hmm. and you're going to sit down for a meal. The first thing that's going to happen is uh, the waiter's going to get you some water. So do you want tap water? Do you want mineral water? Or do you want sparkling water? Mineral water. Okay. You can keep that sparkling water. I don't want that near me. No, fair enough. Yeah. It actually, people get really funny about it as well. But it's, it's interesting because there's this whole like written rule that you shouldn't order for the entire table when it comes to water because people will get really upset about it if like you only order like tap water and some people wanted mineral or if you don't order sparkling water for the table people are like but i wanted sparkling water people get so funny about it but you can keep your sparkling water i don't want it i don't like it it reminds me of this stuff my mum used to feed us when we were kids when we had like tummy troubles yeah, like an Alka-Seltzer type thing. Yeah, gross. Just water with horrible stuff gross. in Gross. I don't want it. Get it away from me. I will have some mineral water. Thank you. Some nice bottled water. An Evian or no. something less pretentious? I don't know if I've ever tried Evian to view. I don't, I don't know if I've ever had it. I don't think I've ever had an Evian. No. No, oh. I just, it's stupid. It's too pretentious. It's too dumb. I don't want it. And is it really any better than other good bottled water? I can't actually tell you because I, oh, I you refuse to pay the money to pay for their I've, stupid marketing. I've had it and I don't feel it's any better than oh. any other bottled water. Well, good bottled water. There's some very bad ones out there. You're yeah. going to name names. That would be mean. Oh, I've had some crap bottled water. And it's like, but you're bottled water. You're meant to be better than what comes out of the tap. Greatly disappointed me. Okay, so there you go, a nice bottle of mineral water. You're not really sure which one, just one that you like. Yeah, I mean, I like the ones here from Georgia, like the Bakuriani is quite nice, or uh, what's the other one? It's not icy, that's the beer. Snow. Snow. Snow's fine. I think Bakuriani's Bakuriani's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Which is um, a, a little mountain town a couple of hours west of Tbilisi for yes. those who are... Obviously not aware of it, because I'm sure most people listening to this have no idea what Bakuriani is yeah, or what we're like, talking what? about. Well, yes, there is a brand of water here called Bakuriani, and it's, it's very refreshing. I, I quite enjoy it. So let's have that. I'll have a nice bottle of Bakuriani, please. Yes, madam. Get that right away for you. Thank you. I'm very parched. I've been talking about this for ages, waiter. Chop, well, chop. I was the waiter then, but now I'm the customer. You should be <laughs> serving me. Oh, should I? Yes, All now right. you're the genie waiter. What do you want then? Because we're taking it in turns. Okay, so what do you want? I'm thirsty. Hurry up. Uh, well, you've already got your water. I got it for you before I switched over. Oh, you didn't say that. Oh, come on. Of course I did. I'm not that bad a waiter. Okay. This is a dream restaurant, not a hellhole restaurant. <laughs> Getting stuff done. Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares restaurant. <laughs> Well, Gordon Ramsay's cracking the whip and getting stuff done. So, you know, there's a lot of shouting going on, but things are happening. Yeah. So it's pretty good. All right. Well, I don't really want bottled water because I'm trying to be environmentally conscious. All right. Because, you know, let's try and use a little bit less plastic. The environmental Um, factor. I want tap water, but I want it out of a tap from outer Mongolia where it it runs straight out of the earth. Of course you do. So, I mean, let's say, I mean, some would say that this is mineral water because it's coming straight out of the earth. But, now here's the story. It's spring water. It's spring water. We were traveling through Mongolia, and there's lots of places in Mongolia, because it's such an out-of-the-way place with hardly any population and not a lot of urban settlements, there's not a lot of pollution going on in these places. No. So all of this water that's coming straight out of the earth is just fresh. You can just walk up and get a jug of it. And it was super cold, too. Yeah. Pre-chilled. Yeah. Even in summer, which is awesome. But what they've done 
is because obviously all the locals are nomadic and they're going to like go past these little water springs whenever they're walking around the steep, the steep, they're going to need some water. So they've actually put in little pipes that connect up the water so it all flows down together into one little pipe and it's just continuously running because of course it's just natural water that runs naturally anyway. Yep. And you can just go up with a bottle. So I'm actually using plastic in the end. But I mean, as a dream restaurant, I want them to take a jug there. Oh, okay, sure. And of course, they have to use teleportation because if they're using a plane, then they're not That's really not achieving very good carbon p- footprint. the carbon footprint's not going well if they're using a plane. No. So I'm trying to offset my travel plans and my travel stuff by using less plastic. I okay. don't know if that works, though. I, I don't know. Okay, so you just want the genie to appear yeah. with a jug. Teleportation is obviously the best way to save on carbon. Definitely. Assuming that teleportation doesn't involve burning down 7,000 trees for every jump. Yeah, or it could be like Futurama style where everybody just gets around in tubes. But I don't know how the suction from the tubes is created. They didn't get that far in Futurama, I don't believe. No, and you would have to power, yeah, you have to power the tube, you have to build the tubes. Yeah. Oh, and they're probably made, no, they could be made from glass, but they're probably going to make them from plastic, let's be honest. No, I don't know. I don't know, because in that far in the future, there might not be a lot of plastics around. Let's hope. Used up all the oil and uh, nobody used glass. Or synthetic something. Something that hasn't even been invented yet. So yes, I'll have a jug of water from my genie teleporting over to Mongolia and getting this from, uh, from a little spring that's just spraying out fresh, already chilled water. Very good, sir. So I can call that a tap, sort of. It's a tap that you can't turn on and off. So that technically that's not a tap, uh, but it's coming through a tube that's yeah. man-made. Yeah. So I consider that tap water. All right, fair enough. So yes, now I've got my water. I'm back to genie status. Popadoms or breads? Meg! <laughs> Popadoms or breads? Now, we should explain at this point that this is from Off Menu, where James A. Caster randomly screams at the top of his voice at the guest, Popadoms or bread. Now, of course, if you're listening from, like, the United States or something like that, having Popadoms as a starter is a bit odd. You would just probably just have bread. This is a pre-starter. Oh, well, yeah, but, like, yeah, as you're, like, nibbles. You're nibbles. You're nibbles. But, um... In England, in poppadoms, England- and, of course, in India, because poppadoms are from India. Yeah. Uh, like, poppadoms are an incredibly popular little thing. Yeah, with I, little chutneys with your selection yeah, of chutneys yeah, on the side. Yeah, poppadoms with chutneys at an Indian restaurant in England, and, obviously, you can do the same in India as well. And it's just one of those alternatives to bread that... And everyone, they do it. They do that. It's just a little different. Houses, they do and it. I do have to say, it is in- exceptionally annoying that uh, some people do just jump in there with their spoon or their fork and they just crack. Oh, controversial discussions. They crack all the poppadoms, just smash. It's like smashing a chocolate egg. This is like just- ordering all the water for the table. It is. Without asking anyone what sort of water they want. Like, poppadoms just arrive, and for anyone, I don't know, I think most people probably do know what a poppadom is, but if you don't, it's like a very thin, crispy flatbread. That's been, like, fried. I wouldn't even say it's bread. It's, like, made no. from um, chickpea flour normally. Yeah, it's crunchy. It's more like a giant tortilla that's crispy. Yeah. Yeah, and they bring those, they bring a stack of those on the table, and of course, because they, they're brittle, because they're, like, crispy, thin things, so some people decide that they turn up on the table and instantly they just whack their hand on them and crack them into little pieces. Yeah. Like big chunks pieces anyway. And then everyone gets to take pieces off there. But actually, maybe I wanted a whole poppadom. It is like your jerk relative getting your chocolate Easter egg at Easter and smashing it against your head. 
Does that happen to you? That yes. sounds like a very personal, angry story. It's very, it's very personal and angry. Because <laughs> that's never happened to me, so I didn't feel as angry about it, it when you not, explained it. It is not cool. You don't do that. You don't take someone's personal egg and crack it on their own head. Rude. Rude. Anyway, uh, I'm going to choose bread. Well, yeah. I, I think bread is a classic. I like bread. I like bread on its own. I'm quite happy with it on its own, but- I'm going to one-up my particular bread. Now, the bread I would like, and I'm, I'm just hanging out in Georgia right now, just staying in Georgia with, with my water, with my bread, because here they make a what they call shoddy bread, but they also call it tonus puri, which is uh, like bread made in a- Tone oven. In, in a tone oven. It's just very good bread. It is delicious bread. In fact, it's so good that when you go and pick it up, if you go and buy it, you have to buy two, because you will never get back home with both loaves. Can you call it a loaf? I don't know. It's no. Maybe it's like an inch thick and it's sort of long. Uh, it depends on which part of the country you're in as to how round it is. Because sometimes they're just really long. If you go to East Georgia, Karkedi, yeah. they have like really long ones that almost look like a baguette, but like a flat baguette. Yeah. But then, no, I like the fatter ones, the yeah, kind of fatter ones. In Tbilisi, they have big round ones with just both the ends are small, but then it yeah. widens out. So. So it's a bit more bready it's more stuff like a rather than crispy sort of stuff. Shape. Yeah. So I prefer that, um, but you need to, otherwise you you will eat it. You will eat it all, and then you, you get home and be like, "Now I need to go back to the the bakery people because I ate all of my shoddy bread." Well, it just came out of the oven. They give it to you, and you have to walk home, and it's like five ten minutes to walk no home. One, You're like, "What are you going to no do?" No one has that self control no to one. not eat it. You just smelt the bakery. She opens the window to the bakery and the little window where you buy the bread, and then all of that smell comes out. And what are you going to do? You're going to want to eat the bread straight away. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, really, if you're ordering this, would you, madam, would you also like to order this with a waft of shoddy bread smell? Oh, yes, please. Yeah. So, we'll bring that waft into the restaurant before I hand the bread over to you. That would be lovely. That will get your appetite rolling. Mm-hmm. That would be great. And I would like, um, because if I was going to have pompadoms, I wouldn't just have pompadoms. I'd have it with the chutneys. So, I'd like some, like extra bits with my bread, please. Well, of course, some little, uh, some little bits for your bread makes sense. You'll allow it. Yes. Um, still hanging out in Georgia. Wow. I haven't shifted. Why do you think we're living in Georgia? Hey, hey, Because <laughs> of the water and bread. The water and bread. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a couple of weeks ago, we went out to this winery. It was a little family place that I can never remember the name of, but I'm sure you do. Vaja Gitschvelli. Yeah, yeah. The place I always go on about. Because the, they had the, they had, sunflower oil with chili and like rock salt sort of thing. So it was like a ch- homemade sunflower oil. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it was like a, yes. So it's sunflower oil with chili and rock salt and it is delicious. Like I can't begin to tell you how addictive this is and they don't sell it. We keep saying every time we go there, we're like, have you jarred this yet? Are you selling this yet? And they're like, no, we just make it for guests. And it's like, can you please bottle this so I can just consume it whenever I want? It's a lot better than any sunflower oil I've ever tasted anywhere. It's delicious. I would never have ever thought that in my dream menu that I would say sunflower. You know, usually I'd be like, oh, this olive oil that I had in Tuscany or, you know, in Greece or something. And I do love me some olive oil. But. I don't know. This is what I'm currently addicted to, and I would like that, please. I also would like it, staying with Georgia, <laughs> geez, uh, the herb butter that they gave us at Baberistan. 
which is in Tbilisi. It is a very fancy restaurant in Tbilisi. Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing about that butter was we thought the bread and butter was included in the very expensive meal. No, every time you ordered another slice of bread, and even the first slice of bread, they were adding stuff onto the menu. We're like, yes. Oh, okay. And this is how good that butter was, because when it got to the end and we got the menu and really we realized they charged us for every additional slice of bread, little bis- bit like of bread and butter slice of bread. that they gave us, I wasn't even mad at the end. I was like, well, you know what? It was worth it. Yeah, I guess I could see why they're charging for the butter. It's like the best butter ever. But they didn't tell you that it was additional because usually when bread and butter is just like included. Yeah, you think. You think. You'd think. Anyway, I'm not mad, Barbaristan. It's too good to be mad at. All right. So, some tasty Georgian bread with some with two fat-based dips. Yep. Bird butter and sunflower oil made by hand in a family home. Because I'm going to be specific here. It, like, I have to yeah, specify this. Like, it is a magic menu, which yeah. means there are no calories. Ah, that's a good point. Yes, no calories. And you helps. can't get full. You can't get full and there's no calories. Well, calories is what makes you full. But you can't get fat. You can't get full. Okay. You can't feel full and you can't become fatter from eating this many. Exactly. All right. Got it. Okay. So, if you would take my bread order, please. Waiter. Pompadoms or bread, sir? Well, you said that very casually. Yes. That's a non-angry way of doing <laughs> it. Is, it is the appropriate way to do it. Would you like some pompadoms or bread today, sir? I think if you're in a restaurant and someone doesn't walk up to you, pompadoms or bread! <laughs> if someone doesn't walk up to you and just shout at you, I'm not having a full restaurant experience. You really have got into this whole like Gordon Ramsay experience because it's like, I just want to shout it at me. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean that, as you said, like pompadoms. I really love pompadoms. And if I go for an I Indian t- meal, I'm totally like pompadoms, mango chutney. I'm so into that. I like the lime pickle. Yeah, you like the spicy, zesty lime pickle. Mm. I, I mean, I'm even happy with it when it's just like they do this little side of just chopped onion with tomato and coriander. I mean, it's bits like sort of like a pico de gallo, but it's the onion. It's onion heavy rather than tomato heavy. It's mostly like lots yeah. of onion. But you have to I'll have it with something. Where With the bread, I think you can have bread on its own and it's fantastic. But I would never just sit there and eat some poppadoms. Oh, no, you have to have the chutneys. That's what poppadoms is all about. Yeah. You don't have the chutneys. There's no point in having them. But anyway, I mean, given a dream menu, I'm going to go bread. I'm very specifically going to go for an arugula bread. So rocket arugula, depending on which word you use for that. The green, spiky, lettucey thing that's a bit peppery. Yep. There was this really cool arugula bread that we had in a restaurant in Lisbon called uh, Taberna de Riolojorio. And tiny little, like, boutique restaurant. Super affordable. It wasn't like a pretentious place at all. It's like a little I don't remember this bread. Food. Was this the one where we had to sit with the people, with the other people, because it was really busy? No. No. Where was this place? This was an evening in Almada. We went there. We went and the restaurant was closed. Oh! And they're like, we'll come back in an hour then. And they're like, yeah, come back in an hour and we'll be open. That place was awesome. The, like, everything on the menu was fantastic. But their arugula bread, it's like bright green. It yes. looked like the color of pesto, it turns up. And like that bread, it's so soft, it's almost almost cakey, but it's not actually cakey at all because it's very much savory. I don't know how no, they did it. It was just dense, yeah. I mean, no, it wasn't dense. It was like, it was no, soft. Not, not, okay, dense is the wrong word. Definitely not dense. There was no density to it. It was lightened but soft with crispy edges. 
that oh i'd forgotten about that restaurant see i told you that there would be foods that i've forgotten yep but i mean i loved that bread that was like one of the best breads well the best bread that's why it's on my dream menu yeah, I so, mean, that was hard that night because we were like, don't fill up on the bread, don't fill up on the bread, don't fill up on the bread. And we're like, should we order more bread? Yeah. Because, <laughs> but I mean, that was like a thing where if you wanted that bread, you had to order. It was a menu item. It wasn't just like, do you want bread or not? It was like, yeah. what would you like for a starter? Oh, we'd like the arugula bread, please. I'm like, yep, yep. Amazing. I just, I didn't realize you could make bread with arugula. I guess you can make bread with pretty much anything. You make spinach no, bread or whatever. No, we should look it up on Pinterest and see if there's arugula if bread that we can make. Not that you can get arugula easily here. Yeah, you can get it. I mean, I don't know how I would make something really he fantastic. Yeah, the that. magic touch. He would made like all the food we that had that night. It was really good. I mean, they got like a 4.7 rating on Google. Yeah. Tiny. They've got like five or six tables. By the time we'd finished our meal, all the other tables were full and it was like a Tuesday or something. I don't yeah. know. Great little tiny mini taverna, but because it's not in central Lisbon, it's off on the south, over the river, down through Almada, and even further south of that. Yes, so- Very residential. Super local place. Super, super local, but amazing, worth traveling for. Now, at this point of the episode, I have to remind everybody that we did not collaborate on creating our menus. Nope. We absolutely were not involved together on deciding. There was what no we discussion. Plan. There was even like Tom left a giant note on the like the actual like computer note in Evernote saying, "Do not read this. Not for your eyes, Meg. You can cannot read. This is my menu. Go away." Yeah, I was very specific, and I, and I respected your very bold and large text. That's, that's good. I mean, that's what bold, large text is for, is to put people off from doing things yep. or to announce something in an important way, mm-hmm. which I feel I did. But so, yes, when I, I did come to this independently, but I have also selected the Barberistan Herbed Butter. Because it's good. So good. I don't know. They, it's it's got to have crack in it. I don't know what they're doing because I've had herb butters all over the world, but this herb butter was insane. It was really good. And yeah, I can't put my finger on what made it so amazing because, yeah, I've had herb butter. I don't know. It's crack. It's got to be crack. Yep. Yep. Good. I mean, I'm fine with that. They can put whatever they want in it as long as it keeps tasting like that. So even though this is two different restaurants, but I want the butter from Barberistan in Tbilisi and I'll have that with the Lisbon. That's fine. Lucky we are in a, you know, magic restaurant. Exactly. Getting it done. Okay, so bread and water selected. Mm-hmm. It's got to be time for a starter. So, madam, what would you like for your starter? This, this was a tricky one because I had a lot of starters in my time, but I did narrow it down to... Mm. A restaurant. A restaurant. A restaurant. Okay, so it's not a homemade starter. Good. On a beach. Oh, uh, sand in the toes, sort of beaching style, sort of place. Yes. In a little sleepy fishing town called Celestun in oh, yeah. Me- Mexico. I think I have a slight idea as to which restaurant you might be talking about. But there was quite a few dishes on the menu there that were awesome. 
Yes, there were a few, but a lot of the ones that were really awesome, I would say would be mains because actually everything that came out was huge at this restaurant, but I'm narrowing it down to the giant prawns or shrimp, however you'd like to call them. I will call them prawns. They're too big to be called shrimps. They were huge, giant prawns that had been stuffed with cream cheese, wrapped in bacon and cooked on the barbecue. Oh, lardy, lardy seafood. Yes, please. And thank you. I will have those. They are delicious. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I remember this restaurant, Los Pampanos. Yes. We went there a few times. A lot of times. Uh, Yeah, actually a lot of times. Because Celestune, like when we were living in Merida, which is in the Yucatan in Mexico, it was like our little getaway. If we wanted to go and be away from the city and away from everything and away from work, we would just... Go there for a few days. Yeah, it was like a nice little detox place. Yeah. Well, it was a retox place because we basically went and drank for five <laughs> days. Well, not an alcohol detox. It was like a <laughs> digital, in- detox. digital detox place. Uh, but yeah, we would just go and drink beer on the beach and pretty much eat at this place every single day. Yeah. yeah. It was great. Yeah. And I, I didn't get sick of it at all because it was amazing food. Well, it was right on the sand. So, yeah, that was definitely a sand, a toes in the sand place. Toes in the we, sand. Yeah, you could see the beautiful water. A lot of toes in the sands restaurants around the world, which was where I was like, when you're talking beach restaurants, I know it had to be a toes in the sand one because like India and Thailand and yeah, quite a few in Mexico and loads of places. I'm like, if you go into the beach to eat, you want to be on the sand. Yeah, you eat. want that full experience. But yeah, it's a cool restaurant, Los Pampanos. It's just like just it's a family place. It's really nice. And then they have like yeah, so you can see the water and you can see the fishing boats like coming in and out, or the, there are tourist boats because uh, there's a natural reserve not too far away, and you can go and see the flamingos. Mm-hmm. So there's boat tours that go out to see the flamingos from the beach as well. So you can watch them coming in and out while you're sitting there drinking your beer. What 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 would we have? It was uh, Pacifico or Bohemia. Or I think when we're on the beach, Pacifico is the way to go. Yeah. Bohemia's- Pacifico Lager. Yep. Uh, and then, Although yeah. you can only order one drink in this, so you're not allowed to select oh, a drink now. No, 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 no. But that's what we would do. But yeah, this was definitely, I had a few favorite dishes from this restaurant. That is true. But this is the one I'm choosing as my starter. Yeah. Because that was also served as a main course with like loads of rice and stuff on the side. But yeah, no, I just, just want. You just want the prawns. Just, just a couple of prawns. Like, just like. Four. I mean, the thing about those prawns at that place, they're some of the largest prawns I've ever, ever had anywhere. Ever, anywhere in the world, ever. There's like a lagoon just south of Celestune where apparently they go and get all these prawns. And they obviously keep all of the biggest ones for the restaurants along the beach. And then everything else gets sent off to Merida or whatever. Yeah. But this particular restaurant, compared to all of the other restaurants, because everyone sold prawns, everyone sold fish, everyone sold octopus. But Los Pampanos always seen our bigger prawns. We tried a couple of other restaurants on the beach, and every time we're like, wasn't as good. Yeah, we're going back to Los Pampanos. Yep, they have the best food. Yep, Just, it's always the best. It's awesome. Yeah, by the end, by the last trip we did there, we didn't bother eating anywhere else. Yeah, that's a pretty tasty choice. Yes, I like it. And I want it sticking with Mexico. I would like it with some Manaha Blanco's refried beans. Oh, a side of refried beans. Yes. I mean, to be fair, I think you should have ordered the side of refried beans with your bread. And now it's like the bread's already on the table yeah, and the water's already on the table. But, but, you know, this refried beans is so good, I would eat it with a spoon. I don't even need bread or tortilla chips to dip in it. 
or pompadoms, whatever you're going to dip in it, I ordered bread. You ordered bread. I ordered bread. Georgian bread. I would, this is so good, I would eat it with a spoon. So, obviously, we should say Manjar Blanco is in Merida, Mexico. It is. It is a very cool traditional restaurant. It's one of our favorite restaurants in it's Merida. A, it's a grandmother's in the kitchen recipes sort of place. Making Mayan cuisine. Yeah, Mayan style cuisine. Very cool. And their refried beans, as soon as you sit down, as soon as you make an order, they instantly then just bring you out the refried beans. You don't have to ask for them. No. Nope. It's just it's like, just... beans are on the table. Yeah. And of course, why are these beans so good, Meg? Lard! Lard. <laughs> so you're having lard-wrapped prawns, basically, bacon-wrapped prawns, and then lard on the sides. Yeah. Juicy big prawns wrapped in bacon that's gone crispy on the outside. Yep. And then I want, you to, and then the I want you to take all that fat from the bacon and everything, and then I want you to make me some refried beans with that. Well, they've already got enough lard. They've got plenty of lard. They don't need extra lard. No, that's true. Well, you can add extra lard if you want. But I'll give it a go. You want extra lardy? All right. I'll Why let not? the kitchen know. Okay. Yeah, sure. All right. So, yeah, that's good. I mean, and there's the thing with those beans is um, everyone always goes there and- we went there. We took lots of people there whenever they came to Merida. This is an amazing restaurant. And well, at the time when we first went there, the first few times, we didn't really realize that the beans had lard in them. No, we just thought they were the best beans we'd ever had. Yeah, we're like, this is amazing. So all the vegetarians would come and they'd be like, these beans are so good. These refried beans are like the best ones I've ever had. We're like, we know, right? And then we had our friend Russell come along and eat with us one time. And he said, this tastes exactly like my grandma makes. And we're like- Because he's Mexican. Because he's, yeah, he's local. And we were like, oh, really? Your grandma makes it like this? How, does, how do they make it so good? We need to know the secret. And he's like, lard, lots and lots of lard. And we're like, oh, don't tell anybody. We never told the vegetarian guests. No one can know. Because they seem to like it so much, I felt. And they'd already eaten it and been before and stuff. And it's fine. It they felt- didn't need to have their little hearts broken. Yeah. Over the refried be able to beans. Eat it again either. It would just be really sad. So it's like, eh, maybe we should just never tell the vegetarians. It's, it's Probably fine. shouldn't tell them that most of the tortillas have lard in as well. Yeah, that's what makes tortillas so <laughs> delicious. Thinks the tortillas are vegetarian. In Mexico, uh, they normally made with lard as the fat content. I am craving Mexican food so bad. Well. Wow. Bring right. it to me, Magic Genie. Is, is that it? So I'm bringing you, uh, yeah, the prawns wrapped in bacon, fried up nice and crispy on the outside, but uh-huh. giant prawns giant from Celestine. Giant prawns, yes. Yeah, stuffed so with cream cheese. It's, that's a big starter. That's, uh, well, you just you can have just one brochette of this rather than two, I suppose. You don't have to have two massive loads. Or, of course, you can eat whatever you want because it's a dream Because I can't get full and I can't get fat. Exactly. I'll have it all. Thank you. All right. Having it all. Okay. Do, am I allowed to order now? Or yes. I'm, yeah, I'm just Yeah, your turn. We can around. still talk about bacon wrapped prawns and <laughs> I'm just drooling remembering it. So good. So, I mean, at this point, I have to say once again to remind everybody that we did not confer on this menu at all. What did there you was, choose? There was no collaboration. It was just, I came up with mine independently. They came up with hers independently. So, my starter... I'm dying to know. What is it? Is not bacon wrap prawns. Okay, so we didn't choose the same, but I'm guessing similar location. I didn't go to Celestin, but I did go to Merida. So, I am also in Merida, mm-hmm. Mexico. And I mean, we did live there for quite a while. So, in some ways, you could say that that's given it a bit of an advantage. 
But then we've eaten so many things in so many places. I'm like, it, to have found a couple of dishes that are both in our number ones, both from that, that same location, yeah. the same rough location, they're doing something right. It was really hard not to choose. Wait, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to let you tell yours first. I'm getting a bit of a meaty starter. Ah, uh, meaty. Okay. No, then it, okay. it wasn't the thing I was thinking okay. of. But there's a lot of meat in Merida, so you know, there's, still, yep. there's still options. I'm going to go for the barbecue moyeas at La Rueda Argentinian restaurant in Merida, Mexico. Which is a little odd, but it's amazing. Although you might have to explain what moyeas is. Yeah, moyeas <laughs> is the Mexican, well, Spanish word for uh, the thiamus gland. Also known as like sweetbreads. Sweetbreads. But there's like a couple of, depending sweet on the animal. Sweetbreads can be two different things. Yeah, there's a couple of different sweetbreads. The thiamus gland is one sort of sweetbreads. And then when it comes to, I think, chicken sweetbreads, it's like a different part of the Gizzards animal. or something? I don't know. I didn't do extra research to check out what Neither it was. I've looked at it before. actually, when you like look it up in a dictionary, is an appealing sounding meal. But the muyejas, that is the thiamus gland, is actually delicious. Yeah. No, I mean, I do remember, actually, we had Moyejas in Portugal, which is spelt slightly differently, but it's the same word. And that was like chicken gizzards. Yeah. So that's the other. I'm pretty sure that's the other version. But the uh, thiamus gland from a cow, that sort of Moyejas, throw that on a barbecue. It's like, I don't, the texture is so unique. I can't even describe it. It's like having a, a fluffy steak, almost. Yeah, that's that's an interesting it's way to describe it. Because the way they made it at this restaurant was it was like the outside was like ni- grilled nice and crispy. Well, yeah, because it charred. It was yeah, charred. And yeah, that's charred. why like, so you had all that charcoal flavor. But then it was like soft on the inside. Almost like, almost, I don't want to say mince-like, but. No, it's it's not as minced in texture as a burger would be. and it. But it's, yeah, it's fluffy. It's like biting, biting into like a marshmallow steak. That sounds terrible, but it's and delicious. Yeah, it's amazing. And we've had this, this, like once we moved to Mexico and discovered Moyeas, literally I only discovered Moyeas living in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I never, never had, had it before. Anywhere else. I never had sweetbreads before we moved to Mexico. No. So it was something that was completely new to me. And yeah, so we had this for the first time and I was like, wow. Why have I never had this? Because you associate sweetbreads as awful and you're like, oh, no, I don't want awful. Ew, yeah. Yeah. And I know even as foodies, sometimes we're like, yeah, but yeah, I don't really I'm good. like awful no, that good. much. Yeah. It's good, but I'm not just going to eat it to be pretentious. everyone tries to feed us like, I don't know, it's like the hangover cure or the, like the pride of the, you know, of the country. In so many places, it's tripe. And I don't get it. They're like, oh, you got to try our tripe soup. And it's like, nah, I'm good. And they're like, have you had it before? And I'm like, I've had tripe soup. And they're like, have you had ours? And I'm like, tripe is tripe. Tripe is still tripe. Stop it. But Moyeas is much better than tripe. Delicious. So if you've never had this, I mean, maybe you can find it in other countries quite easily, uh, but definitely Latin countries, it's a thing. Yeah. And this Argentinian restaurant, this is so random. There's just this Argentinian restaurant in a suburb north of Merida Central. Yeah. Uh, and we just, we went there one time. We're like, this is a good steakhouse. Yep. They do good food. A little right. fancy. Yeah. But, did not, a, but not expensive. They like, did a decent pizza too. It was like a good family steakhouse, Argentinian style, but I think it's Mexican run. So, yeah. yeah I don't know. I think the steak is from Mexico. 
It's just in the style of Argentinian steakhouse. That was a great restaurant. Uh, they were nailing it. We went there quite a few times. They did good meat and they knew how to charcoal it and they knew how to cook it to the right amount. If you ordered it jugoso, juicy, like medium rare, it would be medium rare. Mm-hmm. So, no, that was awesome. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with my starter as a, a big old lump of meat. But I do have an honorable mention or is it an honorable munchen? Oh, wow, that's cheesy. No, okay. I think that's what they call them on, on the off-menu podcast. I never an noticed that. Munchen. Oh, I'd never caught that. No, you've missed this. Oh, you, wah, I thought wah, you were wah. a fan of the show. I've listened to loads of episodes, but I've never heard them say honorable munchen. But yeah, anyway. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I'm going to do a, an honorable munchen for the starter because I found it very difficult to decide between meat or cheese because they're like two of my favorite things. Cheese is amazing. Cheese is amazing. So I was like, I, I don't know. Maybe I should have a cheese starter because cheese is so awesome. And it is weird that it's like us and we haven't mentioned cheese. Although I had cream cheese in mine, but like cheese cheese. Yeah, you had a little bit of cream cheese. Uh, yeah, yeah, cream cheese is it just dairy. Count. I don't know if it's really cheese it, at no. all. I don't know. Controversial point. Tweet us at Food Fun Travel. What makes it cheese? Is cream cheese really cheese or is it just dairy flavored product? Yeah. I like it, but I mean, it's, I don't know. It's not quite there, is it? It's a half cheese. It's half made. They didn't finish it. No. That's the problem. Yeah, because, I mean, you don't go and make a cheesecake and you're like, oh, this tastes like a cheese. It doesn't. It tastes like, it's different. Tastes like cake. Tastes like cake. I don't know. I'm going to give an honorable munchen to one of my favorite cheese dishes from all around the world. Uh, Saganaki cheese with tangerine jam at Salas Restaurant in Hania, Crete. I would have thought from the very beginning that you would have gone Saganaki because I know that you are a Saganaki freak. For anyone who doesn't know much about Saganaki, I don't know if we've even really spoken about it in many podcasts. Maybe in our Greek island hopping one, we might have mentioned it in brief. We haven't done a lot of stuff on Greece. We need to do more we, Greece we podcasts. Do some more stuff on Greece. Oh, there's so much good food to eat in Greece. Saganaki, the word actually refers to the metal frying pan. It's a small metal frying pan, it's like a cast iron heavy pan that they use to fry the cheese. And the specific type of cheese they use, quite often keflatori, yep. sometimes. It's like um, a kind of yellow cheese. cheese. Sort of like a yellow cheese. It's about sort of like the same density as a, a medium cheddar, but the flavor isn't really like cheddar. It's quite salty normally, which is great. And it doesn't great. melt like cheddar. No, it doesn't just melt That's away. That's the important thing with this cheese is that, it, yeah, it doesn't melt like you would in like a, on a pizza or on a toasted sandwich no, or anything like that. it doesn't like dissolve that. at all. No. But it, it holds, also, unlike yeah. say halloumi, for example- uh, which literally doesn't melt and it just stays a solid lump and just grills on the outside. This one does soften around the edges. Yeah. And those soft bits will like goo a bit and then they'll crisp up because they're in a frying pan. Yeah. And so basically you've got like a big slab of cheese that has two sides that have the crispy bit like you have at the edge of lasagna, which everyone knows is the be- best part of any cooked cheese dish. The crispy the cheese crispy bits, bits. Of course. So you've got two whole sides of crispy cheese. And then in the middle, you've just got this slightly softened, slightly starting to goo sort of yellow cheese that's quite salty. Put a bit of lemon on top of that. That's the classic way. But this guy, instead of at Salas Restaurant, instead of using a bit of lemon, which would be the standard, he used a homemade tangerine jam, which came from like his cousin's farm. It was like a farm to table restaurant, pretty much. Everything they were selling there was from different family members that were supplying the restaurant. Almost everything was local. Everything was farm to table. Like Crete is just... I mean, a lot of Greece is, definitely, but Crete in particular was just amazing for the amount of produce that they had was farm to table because they've got just these different microclimates and they can grow so many different products there. It's 
an amazing place uh, to visit as a foodie. Yeah, that tangy, sweet tangerine jam with the salty cheese. Amazing. Delicious. So, 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 so good. So, yeah, loved that dish. And it was such a close call to decide, am I going meat starter or am I going cheese starter? Yeah. I don't know. I'm almost tempted to change to the cheese starter talking about it. (sighs) Oh, I don't know. It is hard. I love saganaki. And there's not, it's like the first thing we eat when we land in Greece. We sit down in a restaurant and we order saganaki without a Without a doubt, I don't think we've ever not done that. Yeah, I, I mean, Saganaki is always my number one, and this is the best Saganaki ever, mm. ever made. Yeah, we need to go back to Crete. Yeah. All right. I, I think quite controversial. I'm switching. I'm oh, switching. He's switching. I'm switching. I'm going to go with the Saganaki cheese with tangerine jam. Oh. I'm really sad to leave those meows behind. Really sad. But now let's do it. I'm, I'm going Greece. Cheese wins. Cheese is always a winner. Syrup, madam, what would you like for your main course? Okay, this was really, really hard. There's been a lot of main courses over the years. It's difficult, right? Should I say the honourable munchens first in leading up to my actual choice? Ooh, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, because then I'll be like, ooh, but hang on, that's gone. That's off the list. Yeah. So what's left? Yes. All right. So you change your mind at the end, like I did on the last course. I don't know. So, oh, it's we hard. Can't decide. All right. Okay. So one thing that was definitely running through my head was the truffle pasta that I had in Dubrovnik. Ooh, yeah, at Arsenal restaurant. Yes, I do remember that. We got now, a very, very tasty photo of that. As somewhere. everybody knows, if you order something with truffle, it's a bit of a wild card because they can. O- it's so easy to overdo the truffle. Yeah. So and easy. It's just all truffle. Yeah. And for some reason, eating too much of a really expensive ingredient, you're just like, no, nah, no, nah, don't like it. Not with truffle. So because I haven't had it more than once there, it didn't make my list because I had it once and it was fantastic. But what if they didn't get the truffle right this time when I ordered it on my magic menu? I know I'd get it exactly I, I, the on. same. You'd have it exactly the same. I you know. would order it exactly the same. Maybe that's going to change your perspective on Ooh. which dish you should order. Cause so that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Also, highly recommended, highly up there. Now, this was hard. I really wanted this to be on my list. Al Pastor Tacos. Back to Merida again? Yeah, from the Merida market, like the dirty, like you sit, like just in the dirty market there. They were great. Everybody knows Al Pastor from Mexico. And we talked about this back in episode two. Yeah. It's like 48 episodes ago. We were talking about Al Pastor Tacos. Uh And everybody is like, well- Mexico City is probably maybe who invented them. And obviously, it's the best in the world. And then we went to Mexico City and we went to pretty much every single restaurant listed by every newspaper, every blogger. All the highly we recommended tried like ones. eight or nine different Al Pastor restaurants. And every single one fell by the wayside compared to the one in Merida that, yeah. that we Not love. saying they weren't good. We, we ate some We had some tasty very good tacos, tacos but, but the one in Merida just was better. Much better. Basically, my perspective on this is that the one in Merida, they put thicker meat and more of it. Yeah. So, it's a meaty, meaty taco. And like the spinny thing, what is that called again? The vertical rotisserie. Yeah. The, it was huge. There was so much meat on there. Like, they just made these massive ones and they got through all the meat every day because they were that popular. They, they, sometimes on weekends, they'd put two. 
Yeah. No, I mean, they were selling so much of the Sao Pastor at that place. I mean, some of the ones in Mexico City also were selling huge amounts. Yeah. So, it's not that it's not popular there. I'm just saying- Oh, no, no, no. But yeah, personal after preference. Trying it all, after trying all of those and all of these bloggers being like, this is the best Al Pastor taco in the world. Sorry, guys. Merida beat all of them. All of them. Yeah. We have a place. It's the best place. It's really good. And it ain't no fancy place. It's down and dirty. Sometimes you can see less blood on the floor. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, it's, it is not a clean and simple place. Mm. But goddamn, they know how to cook an Al Pastor. Yep. But I thought about all of these things. And certainly there were plenty of others that, that you know, made, could have made the cut. But- there's one thing that just kept coming to my mind when I wanted, when I thought about what I wanted as my main, and I'm, and I can't even pronounce it because I'm really lame. It's yog yogurt yogurtlu yog. Oh, um, yogurtlu. Yogurtlu. I think it's yogurtlu. I've like I've been pronouncing it wrong for years, and it's this weird thing with some Greek food is that they just don't. <laughs> They don't correct Westerners. They're like, yeah, whatever. I'm not sure if you can call it Greek. I think it's technically Turkish. It is, it is, it is. But yes, okay. So, it's more Turkish, absolutely. But my favorite is uh, from a restaurant in Athens. And that's where I had it first. And so, that's why I instantly think of it as being Greek. Um, But it was, the restaurant is uh, Babadimos? 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 Maybe. I don't know. I don't speak a lot of Greek. um, it, It is actually a chain restaurant in Athens. There's about four of them. Yeah, I mean, well, so, yeah, so it's, it's sort of a chain. It's not, it's not a big old commercial like chain. It's not Wendy's, but... To be fair, we went to a couple of them, and the one that's way out of town, like in one of the suburbs, was much better than the one that was in downtown. Yeah, but I'll still eat that one downtown. Yeah, they're still good, but the one out of town, I don't know, I guess... Yeah. That's the, yeah, the ones that's doing fast turnover in downtown, whereas the one out of town was always busy, like getting a chair. You had to go relatively early, otherwise you probably wouldn't get an wouldn't outside get a, table. Yeah, you wouldn't get a seat. So. Anyway, I should explain what it is, because people are like, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah. So, on the base layer is pita bread. Surprise, surprise. Greek pita bread. Yeah, really nice and fluffy, perfectly made. And then on top of that, they put kofta. So, it's usually, I don't eat lamb, so it, it's like a mixture of, it's got to be like pork and beef, I it's think. It's beef and pork for those mm. sorts of koftas normally, yeah. Yeah. So, these nice long koftas that they put on the pita bread, so all the meat juices is dripping down into the pita bread. And this then- is where Greece is doing Turkish food better, because Turkey doesn't use pork. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, you're stuck with beef and lamb, and I love beef and lamb. I know you don't like lamb, but yeah, but yeah, then it's beef and pork instead. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I like me some pork. And pork gyros, like pork kebab, rather than <sighs> than just beef kebab. And like, yeah, yeah, this is better. Yeah, that's a, pork I, is I, the I, best. gyros was almost up there on my list too. I was like, have gyros as a starter? Mm, maybe, but yeah. Anyway, so you got the pita bread, you got your kofta, and then you've got um, yogurt good quality Greek yogurt on top. And of mm. course, the way you know that it's good Greek yogurt is if you pick it up on a spoon and you flip that spoon upside down and it doesn't budge, then you know that you've got good Greek yogurt. So, that sort of yogurt. And then they have like a, it's, it's a tomato sauce. Well, it's, a, it's a homemade sort of chunky tomato sauce. Yeah. So, it's kind of chunky, but it's not like chunky, chunky style. It's not chunky style, but it's like not passata. Sort of like the consistency of like Doritos salsa. You bought like salsa in a jar. Yeah. But it's all tomato. It's not like super oniony or anything like that. No, no, no. It's all proper good tomato flavor coming yeah. out of it. 
like, yeah, and then they'll just put some herbs on top. And then all of that is all dripping down into this pita bread and you eat it all in, like you try and chop it and get all of the elements in one fork fill to shove it in your mouth. Mm. And you will look like a pig because it'll be too much on your fork, but it's worth it because it's delicious. Not only has the kofta kebab sort of leaked juices all over the pita bread, but it's so juicy that when you cut into it, it's still just oozing with juiciness. It's perfectly cooked kofta. Yeah. Not too dry. Absolute. Which is probably the pork. Yeah. <laughs> it's really it's the pork. It's the, pork, it's the, it's the it? lard. Sorry, turkey. <laughs> it's always the lard. Everything so far with your menu has been lard. A little pretty bit. Pretty much. A little bit, yeah. I'll have a glass of water and some lard, please. Yes, please. That's pretty much. Just I'll have a glass of water, water and all the pork. Just give me pork in all of its forms, please. <laughs> I'll pretend I'm not eating pork. I just want pork elements in every dish. Exactly. Just all lard. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's an amazing dish. And we've had it, we had it in quite a few places. We had it in Turkey. We've had it in Koz. Although we had the, veg- a, the vegetarian was, version we had in Cos. Yeah, which was delicious. It was really, really good. When you got really good yogurt and perfect tomato sauce on top, that, I mean, that's really, that's what makes and it work. the pita bread. It's, it's like if you haven't had pita bread in Greece, you have not had pita bread. I, yeah, I remember like having pita bread as a kid. And it's those stupid pita pockets that are like two millimeters thick. Stupid They're crispy. Tiny, They're- weird, crispy things that you open one side and then it basically just falls apart. Because it's yep. like so thin and you're supposed to put like meat inside that and eat it like a sandwich. Yeah, they and made it like rubbish. a lame Greek hard taco. That's what those were yeah, like that I, I grew up with. I don't think any Greek person has ever seen one of those pita breads. No. I think it's some weird like fake exported pretend pita bread. Yeah. It's nothing like a pita bread I've ever had anyway. Also, yeah, those things that you eat, they come in packets and they can sit on a shelf for like six months. So, you know, the pita bread that you get in Greece, it is fresh. It was made that day. It's like fluffy and delicious. and It's thick. Oh, it's so good. Like, it's like a half inch thick. That's it's- why like gyros almost made it as well, because oh, give me a good tasty gyros. Yum. So quite a lot of Greek influence right now. Mm, the ideal menus. I will never say no to Greece. We've managed to get. Uh, my starter is Greek. Your main course is Greek. So we have your, a lot of Greek in Mexico. Your second main course would also have been Greek. Yeah. yeah. We didn't even live in Greece for that long. So we, this is not down to a, where we lived for the longest no, competition. No, no, no. We have visited Greece quite a bit. and But I mean, there's still so much more to explore. I, I, I'll never say no to Greece. Yeah. But Love I mean, it. in total, we've probably only done like five or six months in our lifetime within the Greece borders. Probably less than that, maybe four less, months. Yeah, four months. Four months. Three yeah. to four months total over years of visits. Yep. So yeah, unlike Mexico, where we were there for like sixteen months, and we tried lots of things. But yeah, Greece just keeps jumping back on on menus. I think it's just one of those places they just do good fresh food. Yep. And if I'm having a Greek main, can I just have a little bit on the side of that uh, musica that we had on our second date? When we were in, in Corfu, Corfu. <laughs> that little <laughs> restaurant in the back alley that we go to every time we're in Corfu, because it's still there and it's still amazing. Um, but the musica was quite memorable. Mm. I just want a little bit of that, just for a little taste test on the side. Well, I mean, you are allowed to have a side. So maybe this can be, is this your side dish? No! This is not your side dish? No, this is just my... Your main course just has a little corner of moussaka from it's, Corfu. It's like the chef came out and said, this is compliments of the chef. And it happened to be that bit of 
Moussaka. Here's a little bite of our moussaka. I keep going to say moussaka, but I've been, it's because I've been saying it wrong for I mean, so it, long. In English, we all say moussaka, but yeah, in Greece, in Turkey, it sounds like it's actually moussaka. Yeah, moussaka. That seems to be, you ask people and they're like, yeah, it's moussaka. No, we're just lazy. We're lazy we, we, and we're, we're like, just moussaka. Like, sure, say what you want, English people. Yep. We don't care. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be a compliment of the chef. Oh, you just added an extra, like an extra component to this dream menu system? <laughs> yeah. Blimey. Because uh, obviously they got, you know, it's a Greek chef that came in to make me my main. So he wanted to show off his uh, Greek flair. All right. And he just happened to be able to make this moussaka on the side the same as the coffee one. At, magic. At magic restaurant. Magic. Uh, magic everything. Magic everything. Apparently. All right. So, I mean, you're going to have some sides with your main course. Yes. And it's not the moussaka or the moussaka. Moussaka, so what, no. What is the side? What side are you going to have? Um, okay. So, probably one of my sides. Oh, no. A couple of the sides kind of make sense. I'm, I'm moving mostly away from Greece now. Okay. So, it's going to be a fusion main. Yes. So, one side dish. And it's funny. When I first thought of sides, this was literally the first thing that popped into my head. But I just want some beer battered fries from Australia, please. Ah, the classic beer battered fries. Yes. Tell us about beer battered fries. You take fries. Not everybody knows about And you make a regular like fry batter and then you put beer in it and it just makes it really fluffy and like really crispy and nice on the outside in a fluffy way, but then nice and soft on the inside. So it's potatoes in batter. Yes. That sounds healthy. Can't get fat, Tom. Uh, yeah, true. All right. Eat away. Yep. I haven't had some decent beer battered fries in a really long time, and it was the first thing that came to my head. It's an Australia thing. I mean, I've heard from Americans that apparently some parts of the US also do beer battered fries. Well, I haven't had But those. in England, they don't really do them. No, I haven't had it anywhere. I haven't had it for ages. I haven't seen it on a menu since leaving Australia. No. Admittedly, we haven't been to the US really properly at no, all in so, years. You so. Know. Hey, anyone wants to invite us to the US to eat your mm. beer-battered fries? Yeah, if you've got good beer-battered fries, we'll do a whole podcast on the history of beer-battered fries. Yeah. <laughs> Just fly us into the US and let's see what happens. Let's do it. But yes, uh, I'm missing some beer-battered fries, so that's one of my sides. I'll have that, please. From where? Um, Australia, obviously, but from, from where? Which The ones that come to mind is the Brisbane Brewing Company. They were really good because their fries were really fantastic. They're okay. the first ones that pop into my mind. Or one of the beach clubs. Uh, North Burley Surf Club yes. is probably the one that I would say. I seem to remember, like, before we left Australia in 2013, when we <gasps> knew we were going away for a while. We knew we had we to go there. We went to North Burley Surf Club. Burley is on the Gold Coast, so it's near Brisbane, sort of central east coast. And we literally just went there and ordered, like, two portions of beer batter yeah, fries and then a couple of... Meals. It was like our farewell meal. <laughs> Literally just like, and an extra bowl of fries, please. Yep. And just ate them up. That was not a healthy day. Yes. So, I'll have some beer battered fries and- And- Because it's sides. Plural. Oh, sides. Sides. Have plural. as many sides as you want, eh? Plural. Something a little closer to the Greek side. I will have some grilled halloumi because I love halloumi. Ah, with a slice back to of lemon. Greece already. Well, isn't it Didn't Cypriot? It's Cypriot. It is Cypriot, yes. Halloumi cheese. So, we are actually going to Cyprus soon, and I look forward to eating my body's weight's worth of uh, halloumi. Let's hope, after eating halloumi all around the world, that when we actually go to Cyprus, this halloumi <laughs> is up to the expectation you now have that it's going to be better <laughs> well, than the best halloumi. Let's hope that they have it here. Maybe they're just like, oh, that's just something 
Like, we export all of we that. We export No one eats halloumi in Cyprus. There's too much worldwide <laughs> demand for us to eat it here. It's all gone. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? So, nice grilled halloumi. I can't think of where from. Anyone can make it, but I want it, like, nicely charcoal, like, with the, uh, with the stripes on it. You know, you yeah. get the, with a bit of stripe on it. Um, I want that. And I want Tom's homemade stuffing wrapped in bacon, please. Oh. One of my dishes made the menu. Yes. Wow. Okay, so you got a triple side. Yeah. Sides. Sides, plural. Sides. So as it's a plural, that means more than three now at least. Not not even two. We don't even count two as a plural. Three is now a plural. Three, yeah. I think three is a good number amount of sides. All right. Lots of sides in little pots. Yeah. Little plates on the side like tapas, tapas sides. Um, yeah, my stuffing wrapped in bacon. It's, it's a classic. And I don't know if people around the world do this because I've barely met anyone else who makes stuffing wrapped in bacon. Well, it's usually, what do they call it? Little pigs in a blanket? Yeah, but pigs, pigs in the blanket? blanket is common, but I that's, don't want that that's mini sausages. Stuff. Ew. Mini sausages wrapped in bacon. No. You were saying earlier that everything's about pork, and now you're saying, I don't, I don't like want mini sausages. Little, I don't like those little sausages. Like cocktail sausages. Yeah, they're gross. Oh, dear. They live in like, in liquid. They're weird. Uh, they don't have to. When we made pigs in blankets in England, we bought proper sausages, like small, you get chipolatas in England. They're like small sausages. Or is it like the, like, I think in Australia they call them Cheerios. Uh, I don't know about the Australian ones, because Australian sausages, they seem to make very commercial type sausages. Yeah, not good. I wasn't a fan in England, of sausages they, we, in they make very meaty sausages. If you go to the butcher, you get proper meaty sausages. It's not all like Frankfurter, German, like See, bread See, that's made. what I think of. I think of Frankfurter, oh, God, gross, no. like sausage wrapped in bacon, and I'm like, no, I mean, I'm good. I know people eat those, and I know that happens, but when I make sausages wrapped in bacon, it's real sausages, but little ones. Well, it's okay. You don't have to. Just stick with the stuffing, please. Yeah. Because, I mean, the great thing about this, and we're back to lard again, aren't we? <laughs> Basically, it's another lard <laughs> I've course. I've actually got two dishes wrapped in bacon. <laughs> yeah, well, that as well. But just, it's all lard. It's like, oh, what, what could we have on the side to make this meal better? Oh, yeah, lard. Lard. And what are we going to have in the kebabs, in the kofta kebabs to make it better? Oh, lard. yeah, lard that soaks into the pita bread. Yeah. Just your whole meal is just lard-based. Start to finish lard. Which is quite funny because up to like about 10 years ago, I, I wasn't a big fan of pork at all. I didn't really eat a lot of it. That's because you were like mistaken about life for a while. <laughs> you were having a, a bad few I, years. I was mostly vegetarian when we met and you have... Uh, well, larded you. You have larded me. But I mean, you know, the more you travel and you, if you actually, you know, open yourself up to, you know, trying the local foods, then, uh, you know, you're going to start finding some favorite things. Yeah, for sure. But stuffing wrapped in bacon... All of that lard soaks straight into the stuffing. It's so it's just like a classic bread stuffing, maybe like a sage and onion, something like that. That's so it easy to in. make. So every little bite, you get this super crispy bacon bite, but then it just develops into this straightaway soft stuffing that has gone just a little lard soggy, mm-hmm. which is the best sort of soggy. But the ends are yeah, crispy. Ends. Yeah, the ends of the stuffing go crispy, yeah. of course, because they're covered in lard, which then crisps up. Oh, uh, yeah, they're good. This is like a an every... Every Christmas, Thanksgiving. I mean, we basically do Thanksgiving just just for this. Just like we're like, okay, we're not American, but we're going to do Thanksgiving with everybody, and we're going to make stuffing wrapped. Which bacon. makes me sad. Thanksgiving's really far away now, and we have no. I know we just had Christmas, so we had stuffing wrapped in bacon. But it's like it seems so far away now that we have the opportunity to have this again. I think that I'll just make it. All right, deal. Yeah, I'm just going to make it. Oh wait, I'm eating it now. Oh, yeah, in the dream restaurant. In the dream well, restaurant. Well, I mean, you're not, because obviously the bread and stuff has come. 
and the water. Yeah. But the starters and the mains are not coming until the order's finished. Oh, true. So, I mean, right now- Well, I will be eating it, so I look forward to having it very soon. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's why I also said you should have your lardy refried beans with the bread, because otherwise you're now having to wait till the starter turns up. And then by that point, you've probably eaten all the bread. I did say I would eat it with a spoon. I know, but still, it's even better maybe with some bread. Well, you know, tortilla chips is good, but with bread would still work. It, oh, yeah. yeah. It would still work oh, very yeah. well. Lardy bread. Mm. Lardy beansy bread. All right. So that's it. That's, that's your main course think, and your sides I done. I think three is a good amount of sides. Your yogurtlu kebab on pita bread covered in yogurt and very perfect tomato sauce from Barbadimos. I can see it. I can see it in my head as you explain it. Oh, it's so good. There's a photo on our website somewhere. I think they sprinkled a little bit of sumac on it as well. So, oh yeah, you have that little like sprinkle of color, like purpley, ready bits, and it just gives a just a slight citrus hint. Oh, it's, it's it's really good. It's really good. I do but, miss that. Yeah. Also, you know, kudos to my highly Rex. They were they they almost made it. They Your almost made it. Honorable munchins. Yeah, my honorable munchins almost got in. Oh, that that yeah, it was hard. That was a hard choice, but I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it. All right. And three sides, some bacon wrapped stuffing, homemade by me, and some beer battered fries, Australian style. Mm hmm. Nice and crunchy, please. And some slices of alumi grilled on a barbecue. Yeah. Yep. Side of cheese. Why not? But it's got, in like in Greece, having a side of cheese, if you go to a kebab shop, is completely normal. Yeah. You order a gyros and then you like, and, uh, and halloumi. Do you know what's even better? If you side. order a halloumi, you're off, and then have halloumi on the side. Oh, that's double up halloumi. Double, double. Or you order a pork, euros and halloumi on the side, and then you stuff the, the halloumi inside the euros so that you have a pork halloumi euros. It's all good. It's all good. It's everything, all good. Everything is realistically possible when it comes to the dream restaurants. We can do it all. All right. That's me. I'm done. Am I allowed to place my uh, my yes. main course yes. side orders? What would you like? You must be getting a little peckish now, sir. What what is it you are after this evening? Well, before we start this round, I do have to say that we did not confer when we were creating what? this list. What what did you choose? I I absolutely like we did not confer. What is this? Is the third that we've. The third thing that we've had similar. Well, as you'll see from my list. For my main course, what I've got on my main course and sides, this is the proof that we didn't confer because it's different. Okay. There's not a single thing that's the same. Ah. Oh. Nothing's even close to being so the same. So you haven't copied me this round. Just, just messing with you again. Because, I, you know, it was getting to the point where I was like, you were looking at, you secretly must have been looking at my list going, oh, Meg got a good one there. Damn, damn it. I can't believe she got that one. We had different starters. They were just from the same geographical area. That and then is I changed. True. I changed mine to Greece. So I got out of it. I was like, nah. That's I'm true. switching to Saganaki, so I don't know. Right, this is the proof. This is definitely different. So when I was trying to come up with the main course, it was a little bit tricky. I was thinking like the perfect main course. Yeah, there's so many to choose from. It's going to be really, really difficult. So what I've done is I've created my own main course. It's Tom's special surf and turf selection. Oh, is it? It is. Is it? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I that can't, is what it okay, is. okay. Let's. What is this going to be? Well, this is my surf and turf selection. So, of course, there's going to be some meat. Gonna is this going to be the size of a dinner table? I, I mean, we agreed earlier that I could eat as much as I wanted. That is, yes. And that I wouldn't get fat. So, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm like, even, even if I couldn't eat as much as I wanted and just ate as much as I could, 
I think I would still eat all of this because it's amazing. All right. So I've created a servant of selection of all of the best main courses ever. Cheating. I don't think it's cheating because this is a surf and turf selection. So I'm only having a small segment of each main course. You had a bit of massacre on the side. That was compliments of the chef. Oh, well, I've got three extra compliments of the chef on my <laughs> four-part tasting board of super surf and turf selection. Tom's super surf and turf selection. Wow. Just to add extra S's in there. Fair enough. Why not? All right. Number one, the first piece on my surf and turf selection is... All right, that's it for this week. We left you on a little bit of a cliffhanger. What? Oh! Well, we'll come next week. What's going to be my special surf and turf selection? What's going to be in it? A lot, I guess. Yeah? I'm guessing a lot. There's going to be food. It's going to be tasty. But if you want to find out, you're going to have to tune in in two weeks when the next episode comes out. Maybe it's already out. Who knows? Yeah, if you're listening to this uh, later on, then uh, binge. Binge it. Find out right now. Uh, Yeah, so that's it for this week, at least. Thanks again for joining us. And of course, rate and review and that sort of thing. If you've enjoyed the episode, if you're not sure yet, just wait till the next one. Listen to the next one. And then by the end of that, rate and review. Yeah, definitely. Uh, The more reviews you leave for us, that means we get higher in the rankings. And that means more people can find us. I'm pretty certain I just said rankings, but you know, it is what it is. Rankings. The rankings. I just started a new word. Yeah, why not? The rating rankings. The rankings. I like it. All right. We will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to The Dish. Don't forget to subscribe and keep this podcast on the air by giving us a five-star review on your preferred podcast app or channel. Also, come join our foodie community on Facebook in the Food Worth Traveling For Facebook group. Catch you next time.